bonus brought it to him. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Jack with the All Pacers Pod. Jeremy's not here today. I'm actually your host tonight, but I am joined by two of my friends. We got Austin, the producer of this podcast. What's up, Austin? What's up? And we got Kermit the Frog over there, too, right next to Austin or in the same seat. Kermit, what's up? It's it's going good. <laughs> you were supposed to do the Kermit, Austin. You can't point to me to do it. You do a good Kermit. Uh, oh, who do we have? Or is that Fozzie Bear? Oh, it's Fozzie Bear. <laughs> Thanks for having me over to watch the Pacers game, Jack. Oh, you're welcome, Fozzie Bear. This is exactly what everyone wanted. The content everyone yeah. needed. It clipped a little bit there, but uh, I don't know why you're not doing this. You're the producer. What are you talking about? Am I still supposed to do Fozzie <laughs> oh, no, Bear? You're, uh, it's okay. just me and Austin tonight, everyone who's listening. Uh if you were watching the Pacers Wizards game tonight, um, you know that it was, you know, not the best game we've played at all this season, and uh, not the worst, potentially the worst. No, not the worst. So I, when I think of the worst games the Pacers have ever played, I'm not even talking about this season now. My thought goes to the game where the best player on the other team threw their shoes to fans with six minutes left in the game. I don't think that's a that's a good start for not the worst loss of all time, you know? Like I well, think how that many times might be that, the worst loss of all time. How many times has that happened but we just haven't seen it, you know? Yeah, I don't know, but yeah, you're probably right, but look, I the game was so out of reach. Westbrook and Beal, I don't even think they played halfway through the third quarter or the fourth quarter. Westbrook's shoes were in someone else's hands. They probably already left the stadium before the game was I bet Westbrook's shoes were out of the stadium before the game was over and i mean just it was a tough loss it's the point is though we're you know we've already talked about it we've we've had time to let this sit and marinate um this wasn't a fun season i i wouldn't say for indiana pacers fans there there were good things that came out of it obviously like it was so much fun to to watch sabonis take a step and like we got lavert we we had a f- exciting huge blockbuster trade this year it was all part of that james harden deal but we got levert which was awesome out of it and um we'll see what that looks like going forward i don't even know if levert's the answer or if he'll even be a pacer next year because of how the season went but um tj mcconnell led the league in steals miles turner led the league in blocks per game got the blocks champion so i mean like cool things came out of the season but a lot of bad stuff came out of it too and um the season's over now and austin like is there is there hope as a pacers fan with this team, no. Okay, but what we have been working on, and like what the game, we're we're about thirty minutes out of the game. We Austin's been coming up with trades. I've been looking through stats. We're we're gonna have some fun stuff to talk about on this episode. But this is mostly just a reaction episode to what happened this game against the Wizards and the Pacers in general this season. So, Austin, I mean, where where should we start? Do you want to start talking about some trades this off season? Uh, do you want to talk about? this season as a whole like do you want to play this game where uh let's start with this season before we okay. get into trades or so off season okay so quick recap we we lost tonight's game so we beat the charlotte hornets two nights ago as everyone knows we beat them handily the pacers looked great <laughs> coming out of that game turns out it's just the the hornets were bad right uh yeah no hayward for them and I don't know, remember if they were missing somebody else or not, but yeah, once they lost Gordon Hayward, they really went downhill this season. They were missing one of the Martin brothers. I don't yeah. know which one. I mean, remember they were like fourth in the East for a little while. Yeah, they showed uh, the they showed the Hornets' record with Gordon Hayward, and then after the injury, and I think they'd won. F- this might be completely wrong. They might have just won five games after Gordon Hayward got hurt, and that's when you saw that huge dip. They ended tenth in the east and yeah. then just got whooped by the pacers Lamelo ball looked overmatched cody zeller looked like the best player on the hornets in that game against the pacers and i mean it was really easy to credit a lot of that to the pacers just came out hot scoring really well the hornets tried to keep up and they trashed their game plan to do so and the pacers just ran away with that when the hornets were forced to play the pacers game that the pacers had in place then it just was tough for them so i mean that game was so much fun. It was probably my favorite game of the season as a Pacers fan. I mean, we did beat the Thunder by 60 or however much at one point, which was so much fun. It was the Thunder, though. Like, this was actually, 
I guess, kind of the playoffs, but it was a big game. It meant a lot, and the Pacers just came out and performed really well. Then two nights later, we play the Wizards, and it ends 142-115 to 115 in the Wizards' favor. It's tough to expect to beat the Wizards because they swept us this year. Russell Westbrook pretty much averaged 20, 20, and 20 against us this year, which yeah. is insane. Um, me and Austin, neither of us bet the over on assists. He hit it and didn't even play the last quarter and a half. Which and is wild. Which is wild. He had 15 assists in this game. And his actual style, let me find it right here. He finished with 18 points, 15 assists, 8 rebounds. So if you bet the over on rebounds, it was probably around 12 and a half, I would guess. That's yeah, what it's been it about all year. And a half, 13 yeah. and a half. So, I mean, didn't hit that, but I mean, still had 18, 15, and 8. And he played, well, he played 33 minutes. So, like, not the greatest game from him, but didn't really have to do much in this one because they, they pretty much won the game from the middle of the he second was, quarter. He was bullying <laughs> the Pacers. Like, yeah, he was, I mean, there were more than, more than once he just put his shoulder into whoever was guarding him. And like Keelan Martin, I think was the victim of it one time or somebody else. But yeah, he, I mean, they said it on half, the halftime show, uh, I think it was Barkley who said he has no respect for this Pacers team. And it showed, like, he was just doing whatever he wanted and uh, finding guys open right under the basket at will. I mean, you know, how many easy buckets did Daniel Gafford and Alex Lynn have tonight? Well, let's not throw any slander on Alex Lynn's name because he might be one of the better players in the NBA. Hey, all respect to Alex Lynn. (laughs) <laughs> Ever since he dominated Kentucky in college. Oh, who did he play for? Was he Arizona? Maryland. Oh, Maryland. That's duh. That's right. I think that was the Nerlens Noel team. Wow. I mean, not a great Kentucky team, but I mean, no, Alex Lynn was good. What, he ended up going fourth in he the draft. He was amazing in Mar- at Maryland. Yeah. But, I mean, he looked really good. He was someone who was bought out this year, right? Or just waved. And Washington just picked him yeah, up yeah I, th- I think Whatever. he was a mid-season signing guy i can't even remember was he on phoenix before where was he's he played for phoenix i'm sure he's bounced around and yeah been on a few teams but yeah he now. looked good you said it daniel gafford looked really good played 22 minutes had 15 points 13 rebounds five blocks for, for daniel gafford. For gafford yeah in 22 minutes of action unbelievable man um your boy davis Bertans. Hit two threes out of the six he took. That's really well, good for him this boy. year. Uh, Brad Beal played 28 minutes, 25 points. I mean, Raul Neto, or how do you say his name? Raul. Raul Neto, Howl but Neto. spelled Raul. Yeah, hey, that's that's what he said it is. All so. right. You you do have, we talked about this during the game, you do have a lot of Raul Neto stock. I do have Raul Neto stock. Yes. That is one of my boys. <laughs> for whatever reason. <laughs> Uh, Rui Hachimura had 18 points. He looked really good in this one. This, you, if you don't have Rui Hachimura stock, you might want to buy some now. Um, and just the Pacers just had a tough go of it. Brogdon looked good. He played well most of the game, but everyone else just had. I mean, Alex, look, Cody Zeller played great defense against Sabonis the other night. That's not exciting to see as a Pacers fan, but you would think he'd play okay against Alex Lynn because, you know, Cody Zeller's better than Alex Lynn, right? But no, Alex Lynn still played good defense against Sabonis to start the game. Came out flat, and the Wizards just put the put their foot on the throats of the Pacers early on, and uh, never looked back. So, yeah, tough game. Like I said, the the biggest turn was the third quarter for the Wizards. They ended up scoring 40, 48 points in the third. I know we had talked about this um, during while it was happening, Austin, and. Um, the Pacers ended up winning the fourth quarter, 32 points to 28 points, but it wasn't enough, obviously, 115 to 142. Pacers lost. But, yeah, tough season for the Pacers. And, Austin, what what are some of – let's just talk about the season a little bit. What what are some of the best moments for the Pacers this year? What are some notable things worth mentioning before we move on and just kind of talk about some other stuff that happened? Notable things. They started 6-2. and two. <laughs> It looked like they, you know – might get off to a hot start. Everybody was telling me how wrong I was about my preseason prediction of the Pacers when we were about eight games in. Yeah. Um, and it looked like I would be wrong. But, hey, uh, times change as we saw this season. 
Notable takeaways. Uh, Nate Bjorkren, obviously not the man for the job. <laughs> uh, that ended up being a weird hire. Weird. Yeah. And I think it's safe to say he won't be around maybe by t- the time you're listening to this. I mean, we're yeah, we're recording this 30 minutes after the game, like Jack said. He may not even be the coach tomorrow. No. Um, Sabonis made another all-star game. Barely. Yeah. But made it. But, hey, a win is a win. You Two-time know? all-star. Good enough for fourth and on uh, Pacers all-time all-star appearances. And how many teams can say they have a two-time all-star? Not a lot. Yeah, I wonder. Um, Probably a lot. They put they put up an ungodly amount of points in a handful of games and gave up an ungodly amount of points in a few <laughs> games, mainly to the Wizards. Mainly to the they Wizards. gave up over 140 points to the Wizards three times. 150 one time. <laughs> yeah. So um, that might that might not. Oh yeah, I guess tonight was 140, 142. So yeah, it might be three times, huh? Yeah. Um, Unbelievable. A weird, just like the Pacers, you know, in years past, we have thought of them as, you know, a top 10 defense. And uh, this year, the defense, I mean, even when Turner was in there, they were still not great. Him being out obviously hurts because then they have, Steam has zero protection in the paint without yeah. him. Sabonis is not a rim protecting guy by any means. No, not uh, at all. <laughs> great rebounder, but not a rim protector. Yeah um so okay let's let's talk about let's kind of go off that a little bit so you said miles turner defensively there's still a lot to be desired there do you think he's going to be a pacer next year and on top of that too are there like of our five main guys being sabonis turner brogdon lavert tj warren do you think we'll see most of those guys back next year do you think we'll see some of those guys back next year. What what are kind of your thoughts right now? Just like, what are you feeling going into the offseason? I would think you see at least three of those guys just because it is hard to trade away a lot of players like that all in one offseason. Um, I don't think you'll see – I think Lavert is – he'll be back, like for sure. They got him in the deal. He – scored the ball very well for them uh over the past what he ended up playing maybe 20-ish games let's see he played uh 35 oh 35 yeah so uh got in half a season with the pacers uh at 20 uh he finished the season at 20 points a game right right so it was probably a little higher for the pacers than what he was with on the nets um for the pacers he averaged 20.7 oh wow yeah so about so the then, same okay but i mean oh. he had a few games well probably about 10 games where he was still warming he had up. to find his flow back right yeah um so lavert will be back and still don't know how they even got him in that trade like it didn't seem like indiana needed to be a part of that at all but thankful that they did because now you have a good franchise piece moving forward Move away from Victor Oladipo. Got off of Oladipo, who has barely played for Miami, um, which sad to think. I mean, quick note, is Oladipo's career over? I mean, he's up for another contract. Like, he'll, he'll be a free agent. Miami is certainly not going to bring him back. He'll find a spot. He's not getting the max. That's that's oh, what no, I, I mean, know he for won't. sure now. Yeah. He will be lucky to get. Ten million dollars should year, have taken what the Pacers offered, and uh, real bummer for him. I, f- I really do feel for him. Yeah, as you know, as someone who owns six of his jerseys, yeah, like he always has a place in my heart. He'll always have a place in my heart. I mean, we'll always remember him on Blue Tuesday or Blue Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I wish nothing but the best for him. It's just an unfortunate turn, and he fell victim to the indie curse. But we, like you said, we did get Levert, um, and he averaged twenty point seven for us. Austin, can you tell me the four guys for Indy this year that averaged 20 or more points while playing for the Pacers? Karis LeVert, Sabonis. Yes, yes. Brogdon. Yes. While playing for the Pacers? Yes. Uh, So Oladipo? Yeah, Oladipo, fourth. He averaged 20 points. So we had four 20 points per game scores 
Man. Uh, Brogdon, 21.2, led the way. Levert, 20.7. Sabonis, 20.3. Oladipo, 20. TJ Warren had 15.5 in his four games played for the Pacers before he opted to get his surgery. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, we didn't really have the dominant score, but across the board, like Brogdon, Levert, Sabonis, each putting in 20 points per game. That's really that's really nice, and you would have expected to see something a little different this year, but there are a lot of games missed for these guys. Only one of our players played every single game. That's Jeremy Lamb. He doesn't miss games. Or, I mean, no, Jeremy Lamb misses games. Justin Holiday does not miss games. He played all 72 this year. I think he's done that. I think he's played every game for a few years now. No, he missed some last year, but played all 82 in 2018, 2019, played all 82 in 2016, 2017. So, I mean, he's healthy, but a big theme for this Pacers is health and yep. lack thereof. And it really did. It became detrimental to the team this season. On top of that Bleacher Report article that we've alluded to a little bit during this podcast, um, talking about how Bjorkgren isn't a great fit for the Pacers, basically. Might be a sociopath, as we kind of came <laughs> yeah, to uh, talk about last week. but Or you weren't here last week. We had Kyle join us on the podcast. We talked about the article two weeks ago. We did though. talk about it two yeah. weeks ago. Okay. Gosh, it came out two weeks ago, huh? And it well, it went, talked about how T.J. Warren was, uh, you know, wanted to leave the moment he found out Bjorken was going to be the coach, which it seemed like he denied on Twitter. But you know, he, he kind of has to deny that on Twitter. Yeah, one hundred percent. I will say this: Pacers' offense, uh, if they were fully healthy, had Lavert, Warren, Brogdon, Sabonis. I mean. That's a really good offensive team, and I think with a better coach and some better scheming um, could be very efficient. Um, like you said, not the one dominant score, but, um, you know, you kind of think like the Jazz. I mean, Mitchell's a very good scorer, but they have a lot of ways they can beat you. They have a lot of guys who can hit open shots. Um, former Pacer superstar Boyan Bogdanovich. Former Pacer superstar Boyan Bogdanovich. Former yeah. Pacer superstar George Niang. Yeah, Bogdanovich had fifty uh, a couple weeks ago against the Nuggets in a game that uh, you know Mitchell's been out for fifteen games now or whatever. But, yeah. Um, so I think the Pacers could have an offense like that if you keep this unit together. Uh, the problem is, though, what are you going to do when, you know, or what's that look like when Turner comes back and how do you get this team to play any semblance of defense <laughs> Yeah, like they used to? Yeah, it's uh, tough. And the when you talk about, like, how good that starting lineup could be, I mean, I think about it all the time, honestly, and we talk about it all the time, too. But I, don't, I just don't think we'll ever see it. I, I think we've missed our opportunity to see that starting lineup ever really compete in the playoffs because – health and at this point it's just we're out of time like we have to make a move yep if you're the Pacers organization you have to make a move so um let's let's I'll go through the stats we'll get to the trades here in a second that you've kind of come up with and we'll talk about some other players too and then we're also going to like I'm let's run through this list too of Pacers players um and see like just us thinking about it right now who's going to be a Pacer next season who's not going to be a Pacer next season we'll just we'll go through that in a minute but who do you think led the Pacers in three-point percentage this year? Justin Holiday. No, he was seventh at 38%. Oh, God. Yeah, had a tough year this year. Doug McDermott. He was fifth at 39%. Wow. Hey, for your fifth place three-point shooter to be at 39%, I mean, that's that's really good. He was tied with Brogdon at 39%. Uh, who led the team in three-point shooting? I don't, I don't know who O'Shea Brissett at forty two point three percent from three. Wow! Hey man, he had a good year. Averaged eleven points per game. Started sixteen games. Played only twenty one. Was drafted by the G League team. Played for the Raptors last year, but drafted yeah. by the Mad Ants. The Pacers picked him up. Dude, that was a really good late season addition. I mm -hmm. am so thankful. He I'm did. excited about him going forward. I hope we can lock him down and uh, see him for a little bit. I think we have him for a couple years right now. Can be a nice rotational piece. Yeah, a nice rotational player um, for sure. And let's see. Let's go to free throw percentage. 
Who? Brogdon. Brogdon was... Well, I'm not going to count the first three because it's Brian Bowen, Jalen LeCue, and Amita Brima. They didn't miss a free throw, but I also don't think they <laughs> attempted many free throws either. So, uh, Brogdon is third then if we're not counting those top three. Oh, wow. He uh, averaged... McDermott. Uh, McDermott is... He averaged 81.6% from the line. Brogdon averaged 86% from the line. And he's third. Wow. We have two guys who average 90% or better, other than Bowen, LeCue, and Brema. Levert? Levert is set, uh, fourth with 82%. Jeez, who's first? Jeremy Lamb at 95% uh. from the free throw line. And your boy, Keelan Martin, 90% from the free throw line. So... Uh, I didn't really need to mention that. That's not really that exciting of a stat. But let's let's go through this list of names now too, and let's see if we can figure out who we think are going to be Pacers next year, um, and who we think are not going to be Pacers next year. So let me scroll down. I'm on our friends' uh, basketball reference. I'm on their website. Wait, not our friends. Oh, oh yeah, they're not our friends. Yeah, but we still have to go to them anyway. Yes, of course. Uh, let's see. How do I find? Oh, salaries. There we go. Uh, I thought they went by years. Maybe I should just look up contracts. No, let's just stick here because I just don't want to waste too much time. But, okay, Brogdon, Pacer next year, yes or no? No. Really? Yeah, I mean, he, I mean, he's old. Like, he – not old, old, but he was a four-year college guy, you know, played in Milwaukee for a few years, obviously, and – he is what 29 28 yeah history of injuries i mean really good player when he's in but is he a part of your future i mean they're not going to give it they're not going to give him another contract interesting yeah so you trade him now before he gets too hurt yeah i mean what's he he's got two years left on his contract probably yeah uh because this was his second year with the pacers so yeah i mean Get rid of Brogdon now. Let him try to go to a better situation with a, a better medical staff. Maybe that's the question we should ask is, will the medical staff be there <laughs> next year? Man, that's a tricky one. I don't know. A lot of people are talking about we need a new medical staff. I don't know. Is that really the answer? Because last season, Brogdon had 11 injuries that kept him out of at least a game each. Is that medical staff or at that point, is that like just – He's just injury prone. I mean, I think that some guys are just unlucky, and Brogdon is one of them. Um, but different staffs do different things. I mean, I remember the Warriors being you know, back when they were really good and probably still are really big on monitoring and collecting data on guys' uh, like fatigue and – their practice habits and stuff like that so they can know when they need a night off, when they don't. Um, and especially we saw this year in a condensed season, like anything can happen at any moment because you're getting so much mileage on your body in such a short amount of time. Yeah. Um, a lot less games, but, hey, you have the stress of a pandemic season and all the protocols that come with it. And be a lot of back-to-backs, a lot of three games and four nights this season. So, uh, just it was something to adapt to. Yeah, definitely. I think. Um, yeah, I don't. When you when you talk about Brogdon too, I'm like, well, shoot, maybe he won't be back because he is injury prone. He's 28. He'll probably be 29 when the season starts or close to it because he's 28 in 160 days right now. 28 years and 160 days. Um, and I don't think he fits in this team's timeline totally, especially at 20 point or 21.7 million next year. And then 22.6 million the year after that. Yeah. Like our, we've really dug ourselves into a hole with our contracts going forward. And some, someone has to go from this list for sure. Like the top four guys are average, Next season will be making 21, almost 19, 18, and then almost 18. Plus, TJ Warren after that's making 13 million. Jeremy Lamb's at an expiring of 10.5 million. So that's six guys at least making $10 million next season. And 
I guess it's not that bad, that big of a deal, but that is a lot of guys who aren't going to win you a championship, you know? Correct. So, yeah, but I, I could see Brogdon moving on. I think I'm going to say I don't think he'll be a Pacer next season. Wow. Okay. Uh, Demonis Sabonis, who we have locked in till 2024. He'll be making 18.562 million next year. 19, almost 20 million the year after that, and then 20 million, 21 million the year after that. I think he'll be a Pacer still. He's 25. He is dominant on the boards. He's our point center in a lot of ways. I guess point great contract power forward. too. Great contract for him. Two time All Star. I think. I think we'll see Sabonis next year. I think we're. I think we're going to see them build around Sabonis and Karis LeVert. I don't know what that means. Player wise, around them. Don't, I don't be surprised if he's not there though. Yeah, is what I would say. Don't get your hopes up. But that. Leads us to our next player, Miles Turner, who's been on the trading block in Pacer fans' eyes for, I guess he's 25 now, so I guess seven seasons he's been almost being traded. Six seasons. I guess his, his rookie year, we were okay with him. He, I mean, hey, he wouldn't be a Pacer right now if Danny Ainge would have taken what was a great trade for both teams. Uh, it was widely reported that the Pacers offered McDermott and Turner for Gordon Hayward in the offseason in a sign-in trade, and I guess they wanted a pick with it or something, and that would have been a lot for the Pacers to give up. I guess in hindsight now, maybe the Pacers should have just thrown that pick in. It's just a mid Oh, a the mid Celtics round. wanted a pick as well? Yeah, which is a lot to ask. you know, And that pick's going to end up being 13 or something for the Pacers, so it's yeah. not super great. Could have been different. Like our pick could have been different if we had Gordon. If Hayward. they had Gordon Hayward, yeah. So maybe the Pacers would even be a playoff because that that Hornets team was a totally different team with Hayward. And imagine this Pacers offense with Gordon Hayward. Yeah, I mean they'd give up 150 points a game, but they already did that <laughs> <laughs> at the end of the season, anyways. Yeah. So. But uh, yeah, so I I don't think we'll see Miles Turner next season. I don't know how you feel. I don't either. Yeah, I don't think you can run back the Sabonis Turner experiment anymore. One of those two guys is gone for sure. But you know what? The Pacers always surprise us, and they bring them back together. So and, you know, <laughs> that's the thing about the Pacers. They are consistent. They are consistent. Else. Why? Why would we get rid of one of them or put one of them on the bench when we can just play them both together and still True. allow 130 points? <laughs> um, let's move on to Karis Levert. I think it's a yes for both of us. It definitely, yeah. So he's, he's coming back. He'll be making seventeen point five next year, and then almost nineteen million in twenty twenty two, twenty twenty three, and then he's a free agent after that. But uh, we have him for a couple more years at least, and I think they wouldn't have made such a big trade to get Karis Levert if they didn't want to build around him too going forward. And I mean, he's proven that he can score and be a creator on offense this season. Can he stay healthy? I don't know. We'll see. So far in his career. The answer is no, but hey, maybe that means he'll fit in with the Pacers long term. Anyway, so let's well, move. A, what was it? A kidney? Yeah, he had it, a growth on his kidney. Yeah, I mean that's just that. I mean that wasn't even injury; it was cancer. Yeah. So, and that's just unlucky. I mean, it's like when it's not the same thing, but you know, remember Andrew Luck got a lacerated kidney. Was five it kidney or, six or spleen? Years ago. It was spleen, right? Uh, something like I felt like it was a kidney, but maybe it was something with a spleen. But those, I mean, you know, anything like that with an internal organ is just scary, ex- scary, and extremely lucky. He, uh, Lavert, did tear his ACL. Yeah. Uh, I guess that was two years ago now. Yeah. So and he's he's missed the past two games, the the playing games because of, of pr- protocol. COVID. COVID yeah. yeah. Almost said Covacol. Covacol. That that would be easier to say than. COVID protocol. Yeah. COVID call. I knew what you meant. Um, yeah, so, I, I mean, I think we'll see Levert next year, for sure. Yeah, for sure. I think it's a 100%. Uh, I'll give it a 99% chance. Levert will be a pacer in 2022. Next, we have TJ Warren. He is an expiring contract next year, making $13 million for the season. Is he a pacer next year? Ooh, man. An expiring contract, really tradable piece at thirteen that million. Is a, a lot of teams will be selling. I will. I will say. I think they enter the season with T.J. Warren, and if things aren't going great, they will move him for sure before the deadline. Yeah, who um, is 
I should I should mention Nate Bjorgren. Is he going to be a Pacer next year? Oh no! I mean, we are. Already is he going to be a Pacer in two days? <laughs> no. <laughs> um. Also, we had narrowed it down to Bjorkgren or Chris Finch before we hired Bjorkgren, and Chris Finch has been doing a pretty good job up in Minnesota. Yeah, apparently guys love him. Coaches, he's other creative. coaches think really highly of him. I mean, obviously Nick Nurse did, and Nick Nurse is one of the best coaches in the NBA. Um, yeah, he really got them playing a lot better. Seems like they've got uh, a nice little one-two punch with Anthony Edwards and Carl Towns. Yeah. So they're stuck on D'Angelo Russell's contract a <laughs> little bit. Yeah, and and you know he kind of started to play a little. I mean, he was out for a while, started to play a little bit better. I don't love having him as your second or third option, whatever he is over yeah. there. But uh, the yeah, and the, I mean. Finch has been a good coach, and he's brought out the best in those players for sure. Which brings me to my question. Who do you think should be the Pacers coach next year? Do you have anyone in mind? I mean... I've heard D'Antoni's name floating around. Yeah. If I'm Mike D'Antoni, I I don't see it because why does Mike D'Antoni want to go coach the Pacers? Like, Yeah. What's... He's What's, older, too. He'd be he, the second oldest coach, I think, if Pop sticks around. I think he's in his 70s, yeah. I mean, what's getting him excited to go coach a 500 team, you know? Yeah. Um, Below 500 the, team. Yeah, that's true. Um, the Pacers aren't going to go out and get anybody, any kind of superstar, I don't think. Um and he's not going to, if they start to blow it up or there's talk that they want to, he's definitely not going to come be a part of a rebuild team. Yeah. So if he's going to go somewhere, I think it's going to be maybe Milwaukee. If things don't work out with... Bud? With, yeah, if they don't, I mean, if they don't have a deep playoff run this year. Interesting. Um, I didn't know that that was an option. I mean, I, I would think that that would be the best team with a coaching spot that comes open because i mean they could lose to miami again here in the first round so i think i could definitely see that coaching spot open and d'antoni being a candidate if that's the case uh, i talked a lot about chauncey billups i know that we all did on the yeah. podcast uh becky lead, hammond leaguing up becky hammond yeah or becky uh, hammond yeah no no uh, it's just Hammond, right? Okay, no, s- no D or S, yeah. Yeah, no D, no S. Okay. Becky Hammond. Ha- Hammond. Uh, would love that. It would obviously, I mean, be the first exciting thing that the Pacers have done. You're <laughs> just a you're just a big Becky Hammond fan in general, though. Hey, I love me some Becky. What can <laughs> I say? Did you love her back in the WNBA days, or is this more of like a recent? Like you just have respect for her as a coach. Uh, listen, you do not get hired by Greg Popovich for, for no reason. I mean, and stay on that long for no reason. He's had a lot of talented coaches who have won a lot of games come up from under him. He's obviously won five titles, coached a lot of great players. Um, so there's a lot to learn from once you're in that system and, She's. I mean, was she there uh, when they won the title in 2014? I don't know. I don't know if she was yeah, there yet, know. but um, I do have the pop coaching tree pulled up. If you wanted to hear some of the guys, oh yeah, go for it. Okay. Uh, first of all, I just got to get the bad one out of the way. Brett Brown. Brett Brown. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's the worst coach in NBA history. <laughs> I'm gonna stand by that. <laughs> you know okay. how bad that you have Ben Simmons, Tobias Harris. Um, they were a Kawhi Leonard shot away from, you know, probably beating the Raptors in well, that game. Well, I, I mean, they have Joel Embiid too, obviously, but yeah, their team is so talented. They, sh- I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I just, I don't think he was a good coach either. I won't say he was the worst coach ever. He just but got yeah. out coached. He always got out coached. I think they got close that time, so maybe he wasn't the worst coach of all time. But I'm, I might just stand by. So okay, 
Brett Brown. Uh, Dennis Lindsay. I have no idea who that is. Do you know Dennis Lindsay? No, I do not. Uh, Kevin Pritchard, Pacers president of basketball operations. Yeah. Kevin Pritchard. Danny Ferry, who in turn, uh, Mike Budenholzer. As a result, Mike Budenholzer. Mm-hmm. Um, Dell Dimps, and then that turned into Monty Williams. Okay, that's a great one. Yep. Rich Cho. Do you know Rich Cho? Rich Chode? Rich Cho. <laughs> C-H-O. <laughs> oh, okay. No, I don't know Rich Chode. Stop. Okay, you're going to have to cut that one out. All right. Doc Rivers. I know that one. He's really good. (laughs) (laughs) Sam Presti came from uh, Pop. I didn't know that. Also know that one. Was uh, he a coach? uh, He was probably an assistant, or maybe maybe it's just they were in the front office. I don't know. Uh, Mike Brown. Crazy. Rob Hennigan, which... uh, Why did you say Mike Brown's crazy? No, I just didn't know that came from Pop. Oh, okay. No, he's not crazy. I said, that's how you were calling Mike Brown crazy. No, no, no. Mike Brown, if you're listening, which you might be, uh, we don't think you're crazy. Rob Hennigan and then Jock Vaughn out of that one. Uh, Friend of the podcast, Scott Pollard's best friend, Jock Vaughn. Um, And yeah, there's the Pop coaching tree. Becky Hammond, where she fit in there with uh, that group. She's probably the best coach that's ever come from uh, Greg Popovich. So hopefully she's the Pacers coach next year. Um, and this is us assuming that Bjorkgren won't be back. <laughs> hey, we'll we'll see where she stands in the coaching tree. But uh, you know, also Tim Duncan would technically qualify because he was an assistant coach. That's true. Is he retiring from? Bit. He's not. He's not with the team. Okay. Yeah. What, what did he? Does he just not want to do it anymore? I missed that. Um, I can't remember if he was there two seasons ago and then didn't last year or maybe he was there last year until covid yeah and didn't do it um i'm sure if he wanted to be there he could though yeah oh i missed a couple um quinn snyder steve kerr yeah you missed (laughs) you missed probably the two best coaches in there this must be an old pop coaching tree because this is a newer one right here so i must have been looking at old one uh vinny del negro Okay, he was not great. No. But uh, he did win a lot of games. I did I let me see. We're Avery Johnson. I didn't know that one. Man, he was he was a good coach for a little while. James Borrego, Spurs assistant, former assistant, but now the Hornets, Hornets head coach. Yeah. I think he's a great coach. Yeah, and Becky Hammond's on this list too. Quinn Snyder I said Quinn Snyder, right? So dang. Good for you, Pop. Going out there making moves, making an impact on today's NBA. Love it. You love to see it. Becky Hammond, future Pacers coach from the pop tree. Pretty exciting. But Austin, you so you have some trades for us, right? I got some quick trades here. Didn't spend a, a whole lot of time uh, searching. This was quick after the game. but uh, I, to- Let me ask a couple questions, too, before, okay. just to like kind of understand. Um, are you looking for like young guys who need more opportunity, maybe? Or are you looking for some established players to help this team make a uh, push or like to build around certain players too. Like what are your thoughts going into this? If you're the Pacers, we're, we're blowing actually one of these trades, the Pacers get a guy to who is established and helps the team. Um, but heck yeah, the, the three others are get young guys and I'll, I'll save that one player for last. So here's a trade. The Pacers with the Raptors. Tell me what you think. They trade Sabonis for Chris Boucher, <laughs> Rodney Hood's expiring, and the Raptors unprotected 21, so this draft coming up, and 23 first-round picks. So in this universe, are you still keeping Miles Turner on the Pacers, or are you going to try to move him to in a different deal? P- potentially, but this is just... This is this deal. Just take it for what it is. Okay, so your plan now is move Sabonis so that we can start Chris Boucher and Miles Turner together? Maybe. Maybe you are bringing Boucher off the bench. I mean, Boucher is technically a power forward. How old is Boucher? He is 20. It doesn't say on here. He's not older than 23. Okay. Sabonis is 25. Yeah. Yeah, I don't hate that. Boucher is a... An elite rim protector, though. I'll say that. He is great. Uh, a great shooter as well. Can stretch the floor. Um, 
anybody who's listened to the pod for who's a loyal, dedicated listener for a long time now has heard me talk about Chris Boucher on more than one occasion. I got a lot of Chris Boucher stock. Okay, well, you might want to sell it because do you know how old Chris Boucher is? Is he older than 23? He's 28 years old. Are you kidding me? I'm not kidding you. This I, I'm i sorry All I right, had to tell well, you this because you, I've heard you talk about how much potential Chris Boucher he, has. And he still has it, okay? He still has that potential. You're right because I don't young. like. <laughs> I don't like this trade as much, though. Uh, so scrap this one. <laughs> I've wasted a whole trade. We've wasted a whole three minutes talking about this Dude, one. I guarantee nobody knew that he was 28 years old. I Yeah. That blows my mind. I thought he was 23 at the most. Unreal, man. Because he was technically on that championship team. For the Raptors? So I would have just, yeah, I would have just assumed he was like 19 or 20 then. He was on one of the Warriors championship teams too. Did you know that? 2017-2018. He's a two-time NBA was champion. He played one game for the Warriors in 2017-18. Was he on the roster, though, when they won? It Basketball reference says he's a two-time champion. Interesting. Yeah, that's so I don't, I don't know. He must have been. He played one minute for the Warriors in 2017-18. Like, that's Man. it. Not per game, just one minute, which was, I guess, Can you game. name the other guy who got a ring from both of those teams? Yeah, it's McCaw. That McCaw, that's yeah. right. For sure. I mean, he's the one everyone talks about. No one ever mentions Chris Boucher. Yeah, he was he was there with Pat McCaw. That's crazy. Um, well, because Pat McCaw won three. Yeah, he won three in a row. Wow. Uh, okay, moving on. Moving on. <laughs> the Pacers trade T.J. Warren to the Bulls for Patrick Williams and their twenty twenty two top 10 protected first round pick do the bulls make that trade maybe because if they i mean they're they're really high on patrick williams i mean obviously they, they drafted are, him but but is he he might be part of their like future plans too with but they've also are they they went all in to get vucevic who is wait for it okay 20 30 years old okay uh which and i think he'll be 31 by the time next season starts zach levine is not a young superstar by any means um he's not old he's not as old as levine but um so if you're trying to win now if you're chicago which those that move would seem to indicate T.J. Warren is certainly a better player right now than Patrick Williams. He fits their time frame. Um, you, they would have his his bird rights, so they could re-sign him. Um, not that I think T.J. Warren is going to ask for a max or anything, um, but you know, they'd have the ability to match any offer. Would you, if you're if you're Indiana and Chicago, and they're like, no, we don't want to give you Patrick Williams, but we'll do Kobe White. You just need to give us. Like Edmund Sumner too. On top of that, what what would you do? Wait, so the trade is the Pacers give Warren and Edmund Sumner for Kobe White? Yeah. No, if I'm the Pacers, I'd say no to that. You would. Yeah, and and I like Kobe White, um, but I think if you're the Pacers, the getting Kobe White also needs to coincide with getting rid of Malcolm Brogdon so that Kobe White can actually get in there and start playing. Um, but he's more of a – he's the size of a point guard, but he's not hes not a table setter, um, and neither is Levert really. So I feel like you've got those two guys. You're kind of starting two shooting guards. So I don't know how well that they would even play together. Yeah. What about Laurie Markkinen? You want anything to do with him? Uh, I wouldn't be opposed to it. I mean, what's what's the trade? Man. I mean, hey, sub sub Markkinen into this trade for Patrick Williams, and uh, if they're gonna if their Pacers are gonna get that first round pick with it too, I'd I'd take that. Yeah. Top ten protected. I mean, I, I don't know how good Markkinen is at the moment, 
he was let's see, he was born ninety seven, which makes him twenty four. Twenty three right now. Yeah. Um averaged thirteen point six points per game this year, played fifty one. I mean, I, I didn't watch him play in person enough. I don't know how good of a player he is, but I know he's young and has potential. So maybe I just I look at teams like Chicago right now who like want to compete so bad. They mm-hmm. went all in to get Vucevic. They didn't make the playoffs, didn't even make the play in. Like they're gonna be desperate for moves. Mm-hmm. Especially gonna be desperate if they're if we see their general management come back next season because if like they don't make the playoffs next year and the general management actually makes it through this current off season, um, then like that's probably gonna be their last chance to compete yeah. if you're the general manager. So that might be a good team to try to pluck some of the young guys away from, give them some of the older guys. They're a big the they're a big Lonzo Ball candidate, okay. Apparently. Um, and I think he would be a great fit there alongside Levine because he he is a table setter. Yeah. You know. Where Levine is is not really. I mean, Levine, I think, maybe averaged five assists a game this year. So, as much as I love Zach Levine. <laughs> I'm not a big Zach Levine believer. a table setter. You don't think he's just a good stats, bad team guy? No, I know he's not. <laughs> he's, How do you, I know? Mean, How do you a, know that? He's a borderline all-NBA candidate this year. They won 31 games. Okay, they. I mean, they might have been in the play-in game had he not gotten hurt, though, towards the end of the season. Played 58 games out of the 72. Right, and he missed a lot of those down the stretch. This this Bulls team was a lot better and more competitive than they have been in years past. <laughs> and finished 31 and 41. They were 31. And, hey, <laughs> Billy Donovan's coaching. They don't have a lot of talent. I mean. <laughs> You're right. Like they don't have a superstar. All right, let's see what what are some of your other trades. <laughs> so I got Miles Turner being traded to the Warriors. Oh, sweet! Let's go. Uh, actually, I have Miles Turner and Keelan Martin for Kevon Looney, Jordan Poole, and James Wiseman. Kevon Looney, Jordan Poole, Jordan Poole, James Wiseman. Huh? Yeah, that I mean. That would solve some problems for the Warriors. Miles Turner kind of fits into the timeline with that team too, where like he's twenty five, he'll be twenty six next season. Still young, but been in the league for that'll be his eighth season next year. And they need a rim protector. They need a rim protector who can space the floor too. I don't think they've ever had that, right? The Warriors no, have been I circling mean, around Miles Turner for years too. They had most Spates. <laughs> they had most Spates <laughs> in their <laughs> first championship run. Yeah. Um, James Wiseman isn't really putting it together yet, not playing a ton of big minutes for them. Kevon Looney is someone when I hear, when you say Kevon Looney and Jordan Poole, I know both those guys are important to the Warriors, but I think they'd be crazy not to do that trade. Yeah, I I think that's a good trade for both teams here. You're taking on a lot of potential in James Wiseman, and I like Wiseman. I mean, he's, he's huge, and he's only 19, um, he is insanely athletic. I mean, you if you've watched much Warriors this year, there would be times in games where you're like, even on, you know, maybe he doesn't make the shot or something, you'd be like, wow, he did that. You know, that was a really nice drop step or um, his quick up and down, you know, double jump. Um, the The talents, the talent is there. It's just putting it together, speed of the game, making the right decisions, um, which I think, you know, he could do in Golden State. Steve Kerr is an excellent coach. Uh, It just might take a bit of time before he's playing at a Miles Turner level. Yeah, I wonder who some of the guys, like, next season who are going to be, like, older. They've established themselves as really good NBA players throughout their career, but might look to take some minimum contracts to play for potential title contenders like there's no way kyle lowry takes a minimum deal next year is there no kyle lowry is going to be a sign and trade guy because they can still do that um he's going to get traded somewhere in this offseason okay um so i mean it'll be where he wants to go too so he he's going to go to a contending team yeah man maybe miami yeah, that's that's what it's sounding like. 
Uh, I would love Kyle Lowry in the Pacers uniform, but I just, it's just not going to happen. Yeah, he doesn't unfortunately. want to Man, I, I he love doesn't Kyle Lowry so much. Man. I'm such a big fan of his. Um, I like that trade. That was my favorite trade you've done yet, the Miles okay. Turner one right there. I think you're going to love this one. Okay. This is, this is the one where the Pacers are like, okay, we can still compete with this team. The Pacers trade Miles Turner and Malcolm Brogdon and their first-round pick this year, which is, again, going to be maybe – It'll be in the middle teens, probably. They trade all that to the Mavericks for Jalen Brunson and Porzingis. Oh, okay. So now you you're starting Brunson, Brunson. I was like, okay, where? If you say Tim Hardaway Jr. Now you're starting Porzingis and Sabonis. Okay. For and probably Jalen Brunson. My one, my one question is. Are we getting a new medical staff too on top of this? <laughs> no, you probably don't want Dallas's. Yeah, and you probably don't want Indiana's if you get Porzingis, right? Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. You probably don't want the Dallas guys to. Yeah, like you don't want to swap medical staffs in that situation. Gosh, man. Uh, Porzingis is great. I'm, when I'm he's always he- yeah. when he's healthy and like in playing shape. Uh, you know, back in the flow of things. My thing with him, uh, if we're starting him in Sabonis too, we're just going to end up putting Porzingis at the three-point line shooting spot-up threes, right? Like he's just going to be a perimeter player at that point. Is that what we want with him? That's what he is. But is that really the type of player that we want in Indy? I mean, you don't want another – you don't need another post player if Sabonis is in there with him. But do we need a post player even? Like, if you have Porzingis as your big man, do you really need another big man? Aren't oh, no. I mean, out? they can move Sabonis, too, but... Yeah. You probably... I'm just trying to figure... I'm just trying to find something that's wrong with Porzingis in this trade, because that his is health. giving up... <laughs> his health. That's giving up a lot for Porzingis. Right? But, Por- I mean, I would say Porzingis is better than... He's definitely better than both of those players. Wow, Okay. You don't you think Porzingis really is think? better than Miles Turner? I just think it's I think it's okay to Brogdon? question it. I don't I don't yeah. know who's actually better, but No, I I mean I Porzingis is definitely better than those guys. Okay. And those guys are really is are good players. Uh but when he's held you're trading, you're making that trade saying, "Okay, we hope Porzingis is going to stay healthy. He's going to give us 70 games and we're going to score an insane amount of points and we're going to get out of this Turnus uh, t- Turner Sabonis experiment. Interesting. Okay. Um, And and Malcolm Brogdon, who has shaky health history. Yeah. So, uh, love your third trade for sure. The Warriors one. Mm -hmm. Just a few names that I've been thinking of um, potentially trade. Like, if I'm the Pacers, I don't want to blow it up completely. Like, there's definitely guys I want to keep, but I definitely want to, like, try to get some young guys in to trade some of these guys. Mm -hmm. Like... Maybe get Jarrett Culver and um, McDaniel's, maybe even from McDaniel's is good from Minnesota or your boy Nas Reed. Maybe I don't know if they let Nas Reed go. Man, you love Nas Reed. Tough to pluck Nas Reed. He's a nice <laughs> little player. <laughs> Those guys. I mean, like we mentioned earlier, Kobe White, Laurie Markkinen, maybe maybe Patrick Williams, like James Wiseman. There's a bunch of young guys who are on these teams and don't necessarily fit the timeline of what the teams are hoping Lonzo for. Lonzo Ball. Lonzo Ball. I have a lot of people messaging me on Instagram about Lonzo Ball. I'm not a big Lonzo Ball believer. He would help would help the defense. Um, great passer, has really improved his shooting, uh, is somebody who doesn't need the ball, and I think that's great on this Pacers team that – has you know he assuming you still have turner warren not turner uh lavert warren and sabonis that's three guys who can really score the ball um and get their own shot he would compliment those guys very well i think so yeah uh romeo langford from boston kevin knox from new york what do you think they're very distressed assets (laughs) I mean, you wouldn't have to give up much. Cam Reddish no. might be easily 
pluckable from Atlanta, right? But he, yeah. I'm not a big Cam Reddish believer. Nasir Little. What about Darius Garland from Cleveland? Anyway, he leaves Cleveland. Uh, I think he'd be tough to get. He he's shown, especially this year, that he could be a really good player in this league. Yeah. Uh, I think the Pacers would be lucky to get him. Yeah, I if think they do for sure. So, I mean, I think there's plenty of guys out there where we might be able to move some established players to get some young assets and try to grow them as players. I, the Pacers have shown time and time again they can develop players. The problem is getting the great players to go with them and building a team around that. It, look, if we're keeping Lavert and Sabonis at least and then trading some of these other guys to get young guys to build around them, you're putting them around already good professionals like Sabonis and then like we'll keep some of our role players. We didn't even talk about is McConnell going to be a pacer next year? Is McDermott going to be a pacer next year? Like, we didn't talk about all those names. I expect some of no, them. Oh, no. You, you don't think either will? I think McConnell's saying. Nah, I mean. he. I know McConnell wants to stay in Indy. He just had a kid. He wants to keep his family in one place. How, you know, for me, it's like, how, how much are you going to pay this guy who is, if your team's really good, he is a borderline rotation player? Which one? McConnell. Interesting. Okay. Um, I'm a big I'm a big McConnell believer. Look, McConnell's a good player, but is he gonna play in a playoff series? He would he would have this year. He he would have he would have <laughs> had to this year, yeah. but like I don't know, just small guards like that, especially ones who can't shoot. What is their place on a team? We did. When, I will defend him a little bit. We did see him shoot some. Uh, open sh- open three pointers towards the end of the season, which we'd never seen him do that before. He always passes up open shots for whatever reason. It's like when a kid gives up his pacifier when he's like in kindergarten. <laughs> it's like oh, okay, it's you're a like a little too late. You're like three years, three or four years late to this, but you know we'll <laughs> still give you credit for sure. it. Sure, yeah, <laughs> that's that's it. Okay, that that's funny. Um. All right, man. Well, I, I don't know. Anything else you want to talk about the Pacers before we dip out? Because I, I don't really have much else to say. It's been a tough year. Um, it's always nice talking about this stuff, too, at this point. And I, I hope if you're listening, uh, anyone who's listening at home, you feel a little bit better about the Pacers going forward. Like, this makes the season feel a little bit, uh, I don't know, like like it's it's over. You don't have to feel stressed anymore. You're free. It's the off season. We get to feel hope again. I hope this podcast has helped with that a little bit. Austin, any other uh, things you'd like to say about the Pacers before we dip out? Did we miss anything? I'm tired. I'm hurting. What are you hurting for? Uh, just the season. Oh, okay. The, you know, the distress that comes with another season ending and defeat. <laughs> but, you know, hope comes in the morning. <laughs> so there are pieces here that make the future look bright. Uh, Karis Levert, I think, is the biggest, brightest piece. So excited for that. Um, we'll see. We'll see. It's always we'll see with this team. Yep, and Drummond's a free agent. That's all I just want to add. He's a oh, free agent man. after this season. Man, how bad was he last night? Uh, he just He's not being utilized properly. <laughs> What's he <laughs> We'll save that for the All Dot Drummond podcast. Ooh, I'm in. Let's do it, man. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, well, Austin, as always, it was great talking to you. It's kind of late, so thanks for staying up. Um, I know you have a long drive home tonight. Just stay awake, okay? Get back to the kids. Yeah. yeah I'm asleep with the wheel is my specialty. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you need a ride home, just let me know. But anyway, man, as always, it's been great. Kermit, you too, Fozzie Bear. It's been great. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> Oh, it was a great podcast. <laughs> um, but I'm Jack for Austin, for Kermit, for Fozzie. Until next time, peace out. See ya. You want me, Joel Embiid? Come get it, because I'm going to give it to you. Are you kidding me? Sabonis brought it to him.